In the 1980s, three kids grew up watching cartoons in their PJs, eating cold cereal and playing with toys. These boys promptly grew up and joined the vast suburban landscape. Today, still infatuated with toys and shows from their youth, they survive as dads. If you want a podcast and have no one else to listen to, and if you can find it, maybe you can listen to The Saturday Morning Buffoons. All right, welcome back to The Saturday Morning Buffoons. I hope uh, all of our listeners out there enjoyed the bonus episode about the Thundercats. Uh, I'm not sure that Jason and I uh, enjoyed it all that much, and, and Joe was lucky enough to not have to partake in it. Um, but we are back to our favorite things. This is the last in the series. This is our favorite things. Part three, uh, the episode I chose is season one, episode 53 of GI Joe skeletons in the closet. So curious about the Thundercat episode because I did not grow up too much on Thundercats. In fact, I think my only exposure to Thundercats was through Jason. Gotcha. And to be fair, it wasn't very extensive. Um, just something that we weren't <laughs> or positive. Into. Um, was what did you guys? What was the episode you guys watched? Just absolute hot garbage, or is is Thundercats more of a the idea, like the nostalgia of the idea, is better, and the cartoon is just hot garbage? Or what? What was the verdict there on that one? Nice. Um, okay. Well, the title Give me the thirty of the second synopsis. The uh, title of our podcast episode became Thundercats No <laughs> instead of Thundercats Ho. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it was amazing it. how it came together. Like who yeah. did what to create it, and the companies behind it. And I think it has a cult following. But I actually like the 2011 version of the Thundercats a lot better than I like the 85 and the 84 version of the Thundercats. I think if you're going to shrink it down um, if to the, the, the thought process of a six or seven year old in 1985, um, great in theory, bad in implementation. The guy that created it wanted to be George R.R. R. Martin and Tolkien. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. definitely. Yeah. He that's drew maps map. for the thing and he had a, a show Bible, which would uh, carry the mythos and everything to make yeah. sure that anybody that was writing it had to follow that. Oh, so I think uh, I think Jason and I had fun tearing the part the episode apart. Uh, Jason did a lot of, of good historical research on it. That's where he learned all that stuff. Um, but let's get back on track. Uh, I did recently do a Twitter poll. Uh, we only got five total responses, but we got the highest request is still for GI Joe episodes, uh, followed by Mask and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so I did. I know we were planning on doing a, a Transformers episode shortly, but maybe we, we pivot from that or maybe we don't. I don't know. But let's get into uh, Skeletons in the Closet. Again, this is my episode um, because of the basically the outcome of this episode I always thought was so cool in the G.I. Joe universe. Um, so um, I have that someone by the name of, if I'm reading this right, some Clint Dill. Flint Dill? Wrote, Flint? Wrote this is it Flint Dill? I put Flint. I have Flint. Okay. It I is have Flint. Flint as well. So, yep. I, I mean, I have that written down, but I was starting to think to myself, no way this dude's name is Flint. <laughs> so this guy wrote a bunch of crazy episodes, too. He was G.I. Joe and the Golden Fleece. So that's that episode okay. where they um, Jason and the gray hairs and gray hairs and growing pains. Okay. So that's I think that's the one where the lady's stealing her faces from people. Yeah. There's no, so, is that the one where the Joes age like rapidly or something? 
Yeah, so she's uh, yeah the the little I think they become someone becomes old or they become young, or is it stealing people's faces? Yeah, there's an episode uh, where they become old people. I remember like Lady J specifically yeah. getting old. Right. Uh, then he also wrote the wrong stuff, uh, yeah. Pit of Vipers, Oh de Cobra, and the Game Master. So he wrote some crazy okay. episodes. So he's a unique fellow. All right. right. Well, um, start of this episode, uh, the first thing I have written down is that we basically start with the Baroness saying how Cobra Commander's plan has gone awry again. Weird. What they didn't call? What they didn't call Zartan? (laughs) No, No, this is a Zartan-free episode. It is. It's Mm -hmm. Zartanless. But just a few short seconds later, our favorite female blonde Viper shows up. Yep, she makes a return. I made note of that as well. Yeah, and she is flirting with Destro. I mean, who, who wouldn't? Silver-faced people are handsome. Right? I mean, they don't got to worry about wrinkles, just saying. Right? Um, and, I, you know, actually, Jason and I were just chatting a few minutes ago. Jason has a, a I guess not, a, it's not a crazy observation, but an interesting observation about the difference in masks that we're going to experience here. Um, so we'll get into that, but, uh, so then, uh, this actually, there... oh, this might ahead. actually be the, the first appearance of this person because the other one was from my brother's keeper and that was from after season two, but what are we, what we're at two appearances or three appearances of the blonde, uh, the female blonde Viper, uh, for the shows that we've watched, it's two, yeah, two. Okay. Is she, are we. Is she a viper or is she just a cobra? Like cobra standard trooper. cobra. Agent? I guess she's yeah. a she's a trooper. Yeah, okay. we're not. We don't even have vipers at this point. I don't think. No, no. not yet. She'll no. make one more appearance in whatever the one is that where all the women take over. If it's a conch shell or the oh yeah or the, the po- perfume. One. Yeah, one of the one of those two episodes. Those she two. makes another appearance as well. Yeah, she's nameless though, right? I mean, we're as far as there's I no name for this lady. Yeah. Um, she she refers she calls Destro her hero. We don't really know what happened. Yeah, they, really. they ran away from some explosion, and they're all smudgy right. and whatnot. Yeah, sure, but apparently Destro saves her because uh, um, I, Destro's a pimp. Mm-hmm. I mean, can, look at what he wears, and later, I look at what he—he he has some leopard print stuff later on yeah. down the road, right? Yeah, dude. So, yeah, no, he's for sure. Destro is a ladies' man. Um, that becomes so, more apparent the rest of this episode. Random question. Destro, is he wearing an orange tight shirt underneath his red collared jacket, or is that supposed to be bearskin? I think it's bearskin. So he's orange, like a former U.S. president. Tan, tan, or is that what we're calling tan? (laughs) Okay, right. So that's supposed to be bearskin. What is with what is with cobras and showing skin? I don't understand. Is it the eighties? Is that what we're going to address? Yeah, that's it's the uh, yeah, and the mandalians. Like if they could somehow (laughs) mandalians, totally. If they could somehow mold like mesh, like midriff shirts on GI Joe figures, they would be wearing those as well. Well, yeah. I mean, Refrigerator Perry had a midriff shirt, right? The action figure did not. He didn't. Are you no, sure about no. that? I can I can go verify if you want, but I'm pretty sure he did not. I think Red Dog Red Dog had a mid midriff okay. shirt as well. Okay. Um, speaking of Red Dog, real quick, I think all GI Joe figures that wear jerseys wear number fourteen. Okay, you're right. Frigidaire Perry's figure did not have a mid-drift. Um, except for the fridge, of course. He's wearing his real jersey number. But I think Red Dog and Bazooka both wear 14. For their what jersey. about um, Big Law? 
Was he 14 as well? Also a 14. Mm-hmm. Was he thir- 14 or 13? 14. Pretty sure 100%? of it. No. All right. Well, okay. So Red Dog is actually appears to be number one. 14. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, Kevin's theories are all out the window now. They're all out the window. Yep. Also, just, I don't think he's wearing a midriff. He's wearing a sleeveless jersey. Either way, we're either way we're not editing this out, and we're sticking with the theory that they all wear number fourteen, whether you guys want to agree or not. We we are lovers, uh, not experts. <laughs> I do believe I do believe Big Lob and Bazooka both wear fourteen, though. I hope they wear. I hope. I hope maybe maybe Big Lob's wearing four, and then we have a four, a fourteen, and a one. Okay, I'll give I'll give you Big Lob. Big Lob is wearing fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Woo! Because I, I, I don't remember where, and I'm not I'm not 100 percent on this. I thought there was um, one of those guys, maybe Bazooka. The 14 number was picked because one of the artists or creators or whatever was a fan of a specific football player that wore 14 or something like that. Who the hell wore number 14? I don't know. Some guy. I'll have to look. I'll have to look it up. To be continued on the next episode of Saturday Morning Buffoons. Why is Bazooka yeah. number fourteen? Um, so, uh, Blonde Viper is my hero uh, to Destro, and then uh, the Baroness shoes her away, and then basically complains to Destro, who claims that he's just one more arms deal away, and then he, I mean we, can retire. That's pretty good. One more arms deal and he can retire, yeah. considering how many that he's made to Cobra. I mean, and we're in season one, right? I mean, and is he yeah. paying? Des- is he paying Zartan or obviously Dude, not? Sorry. Zartan never actually gets paid. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does either. I'm with you his, on that. One. His tab with Cobra Commander is extraordinary. Do you think they ever like pay him off in like something like because he's kind of white trash, right? Like, let's be honest. Like, they were like, "Hey, uh, dude, we got a bunch of uh, we got a bunch of cases of ruffles." Like, yeah, we'll shave off. uh... We'll shave off a hundred grand and some fosters, and they're like, "Oh, mate, that sounds delicious, right?" It's the old, um, (laughs) also, or maybe take take advantage of the other guy, like double or nothing next time. There you go. (laughs) He's totally doing that. Hmm, yeah. I've never been paid, but okay. I like I challenge accepted. <laughs> he says double or nothing every time. And all all Cobra Commander is hoping is that he doesn't get the job done the one time and now we're at zero because double pic- zero is zero. I'm picturing Zartan going, you know, in his voice, you fools. <laughs> like, I'll take that bet. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we, uh, I, I jump ahead a little bit here. So if you guys want to interject, let me know. Cause I have, I jump ahead to the Destro auction scene. Yes. Where he's auctioning a rattler and a hiss. It's falling apart. It's falling apart for some reason. There's been no other indication that the stuff no. doesn't work. Right. That, uh, that peace rally was kind of nothing. Yeah. I mean, was that, yeah. was that an attempt to try to get whatever the apartheid or whatever it was that was going on in the eighties or, yeah, or was it just a, a juxtapose of the, Destro rally. selling arms. That's At the beginning, they're like world, uh, world, world peace, world peace organization, or whatever the hell the name of the building was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I thought they're that having was, a rally outside. I thought that was a transition to have it make sense that Destro was trying to auction off this the junky okay. stuff, right? So he wants yeah. to retire, yeah, with Baroness or without her, as well as world peace is broken out, so they don't need him. So I think. 
I, I always kind of assumed that the reason he's selling these ones that are kind of broken down is he's trying to he's trying to swindle these people. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, we've seen rattlers and hisses in action plenty of times where they're not like hunks of junk, right? They're, you know, I mean, and, and a little aside, of course, the Rattler is one of the best G.I. Joe vehicles of all time. Like action figure vehicles. Yeah, for yes, sure. Correct. The, the Rattler well, it's, was amazing. It's, an A10 variant, and it, except yeah. for it has vertical takeoff, which is amazing. Yeah, and it had more. At, at least when I got mine, I'm like, this has like more missiles and bombs than any other vehicle I've ever owned. <laughs> that was that was one I would say I wished I'd I'd gotten, but never had. I have the uh, I have the 19 late 1990s reversion that was actually a GI Joe. Yeah, the green A10 one. Tiger Force. No, it's Tiger camouflaged. Force. No, it was huh. all green. No, like it late came 90s, out. like. Yeah, they released the 25th anniversary or something like that. But I don't have a blue uh, one. Okay. Um, wasn't There was the, a Tiger Force one, though, right? I believe there was. Yeah. Okay. Tiger. So I thought Tiger Force, <clears throat> by the way, was super cool way back when. I look at them now, and I have no <laughs> desire to own a Tiger Force figure. Uh, I think they're still kind of dope. Like, mm. I still think they're pretty cool. I think uh, my favorite of those, like, subdivision ones that came out was Python Patrol. I thought I like Night sick. Force. Night, Night Force was, was sick. Rad. Actually, yeah, I don't know that's that a good I, point. Night Force. Did I even have any Night Force guys? I don't even know that I did. I have Night Force Repeater. That's the only one I know I have because I like him better than the original. Oh, and I have Night Force Crazy Legs as well. Hmm. Um, so of course he auctions off the the Rattler and the Hiss. And but I want to oh. interject okay. that he's auctioning off to the same slew of, you know, historical um, people. Yeah, like Castro, right. yeah. Ayatollah. Yeah. People, general people in trench coats and fedoras in the 1980s, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, lots of people wearing military-style uniforms with berets, which, you know, immediately means you're the head of a country and or some paramilitary organization that's trying this to is, rule. It's not correct. the world, but a portion of their world, right? Yeah, this is all correct. This is mm -hmm. accurate. And Jason, what do all these world leaders have? Oh, they have diplomatic immunity. That's right. They Indeed. have diplomatic immunity. Of and course they, they do. that. They throw that right so, in Flint's face. So I have so um, the only other place that I know of diplomatic immunity was from Lethal Weapon Two, and Lethal Weapon Two comes out in 1989. So this actually supersedes Lethal Weapon Two because this came out in '85. So maybe Lethal Weapon Two grabbed that from this cartoon. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. I mean, I uh, and the other be... thing I have: Can GI Joe arrest people? They're a military organization. Can they arrest people, or are they just... They can citizens arrest people. Hey, So that's what I was if thinking. They can, if they arrest? can rebuild an orphanage, they can arrest whoever they want. In, in a mere matter of hours. <laughs> yeah. By well, the way, so... they're... I was going to say, their diplomatic immunity card is literally like an 8.5 by 11 sheet mm -hmm. of paper. It's enormous. Right. So, Joe, with the... Uh, I'm going to lean on you. I know this isn't necessarily military, but... Would world leaders that are considered dictators and enemies of the United States have diplomatic immunity? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like if if Castro showed up to to like on U.S. soil and was like, "I have diplomatic immunity." Well, no one's gonna. First of all, the U.S. government isn't wouldn't give him that, right? Like, right. That's what um, I mean. Why do these like, guys have diplomatic immunity? Uh, I think it's just a way for them to like foil GI Joe, like. Darn, we would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those pesky diplomatic immunity cards, right? Like, yeah. and that puppy. So, what we've learned that then, mangy dog. Yeah. If you have diplomatic immunity and or you're buying a broken down Cobra base from Tomax and Zamot, correct. You're free to do as you please. 
Yeah, exactly. Because you have okay. done nothing. There's not a crime being committed. I mean, you're just yeah. buying a recreational vehicle for the weekends. What? Yeah. Right. I enjoyed the trap door in the floor to escape. I thought that was yes. kind of cool. He's just cool. like, yeah. so long, suckers. Badoosh. <laughs> but so. And it's. Guess- and I'm always amused by the environment when they go to these like bases and or underground layers, right? Like it's enormous. There's a lot of headroom. It's not like hard to get through, right? Like, right. It's not tunnels or like old, uh, right. Sewer lines or anything. Correct. Um, okay. So, but Destro does get trapped by GI Joe. The all, all of the diplomatic immunity dictators, they all get away. Uh, but Destro is temporarily trapped by GI Joe. But he gets rescued by a previously unknown female named Coverta Fatale. That is, is C-O-V-E-R-T-A-F-A-T-A-L-E. Coverta Fatale. She sounds like, strikingly like another character. I like how he says he, he thought that she was a legend. She was just a legend. I'm like, okay. Throws that in there. Yeah. First of all, um, what else is this, this person doing? Like, okay. I mean, we're gonna figure out that obviously it's Baroness, but um, so is Baroness going out like on her weekdays or time off and being Coverta Fatale to like moonlighting? But what is she doing? Is she arms dealer? Is she a spy? Is she like what is this legend? That's what I want to know. Car- she's Carmen San Diego. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Where in the world is Converter Fatale? Can we get a backstory? I'd like another offshoot of this called just Converter Fatale and maybe have like a three part series arc or something. Yeah, understanding really who Converter Fatale is. Yes. Do, do we really? I would that? love a history episode. Yes. No, you I need it. I, I got to say, though, for stupid nicknames. This actually is a pretty good nickname for a character that you're 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 trying to portray to the audience is clearly still a bad guy, right? But you know, you, you want to make it sound like it's somebody different. It's a pretty good name. Covert, fatal, somebody's mm-hmm. clever here. Good good on Flint Dill here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Way to go, Flint Dill. Yeah. Yep. So I think um, you know, obviously I, I kind of agree with Jason here, Joe. I, we, we kind of want to know who she is. If Destro's heard of her and Destro, you know, is on, I mean, he's obviously a, a, a semi well-known black market arms dealer. Well, he, he gets around sell for the sure. Cobra. Like, right. Yeah, he definitely gets around. Um, so anyway, we, we find out that she's going to help him. Um, Destro blatantly hits on her and disparages the Baroness at the same time, which is just... Fatal mistake, bro. Fatal mistake. <laughs> right. That's gonna uh, that's gonna come back to bite him in the ass. And they're not a couple. Him and the Baroness are not a couple. Erroneously uh, connected, or what did he say? Something like that. Yeah, er- erroneously linked, or something <clears throat> yeah. of that nature. But anyway, he he basically he he says she's not. They're not a couple, and basically brushes the Baroness off as if she's oh, just man. a blonde Cobra trooper. Oh man, um, he's screwing himself over. So because of the help that Coverta gives Destro, she wants to unmask him. So let's another question. This is similar to Joe's question about the, is it an orange shirt or is he shirtless? Is Destro wearing a necklace or is his mask bolted on? It's bolted on. It's like, like little, his ancestor. Little, 
but yeah, it's so confusing. Like this is one of the things we just have to chalk up to wizards because <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Like what is that collar attached to? It's like, and his, his, his mask or whatever you want to call it, like has facial expressions, like it moves, his eyebrows go up and down. Like what is yeah. going on right now? Is his, is his mask so thin and pliable that it's like, attached to his muscle facial muscle muscles i yeah i'm so confused um so yeah i i think um we learned from destro that he cannot remove the mask due an age due to an ancient family curse because an ancestor was accused of witchcraft so, so is this a curse like okay maybe the no or is this more like a protest because it's they, they didn't say you are now forced to wear masks like this guy or they were just like, hey, this guy was forced to wear a mask, so we're all going to wear masks. I wouldn't call that a curse. It's not a curse. Yeah, like, yeah. And especially if they were the ones accused of witchcraft, they'd be the ones doing cursing, right? They'd be the right. ones putting curses and hexes on people. This is more of a... Um, a solidarity. An the ancestor, yeah. ancestor got punished somehow and was forced to wear the mask. And yeah. so the, the rest of the ancestors do it in support of. Yeah, like a support. Yeah, yeah, solidarity or something like yeah. that. It's not a curse. Yeah, Agreed. it's. But I'm I'm not wrong, right? That's what he said. No, that's it's what he curse. said. That, okay. I wrote that in the notes. I'm like, okay. what is, this isn't a curse. So they they vowed to all wear masks to to support the descendants, mm -hmm. um, that, and that they want to rid the world of law and order. Yeah. Not 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 the guy and his dog. By because the of their injustice, right? Yeah. They felt they were. So there, yeah, he, they, he got yeah. screwed. So every, law and order is horrible. Therefore, we're going to make sure that we wear a mask until all law and order is gone. That sounds more Correct. like a protest to me. Yeah, agreed. So I'll like have fun chaining you, yourself to the bulldozer, you jack wagons. You, you exactly. heard it here first on Saturday morning buffoons. Uh, it's a protest, not a curse. Destro yeah. is incorrect. Uh, so. I think I think after we we learn that right, we're basically jumping directly into what's going on with GI Joe now, right? We've had all this Cobra stuff. GI yeah. Joe makes their appearance to try to arrest um, those guys, and now we're back at GI Joe headquarters, <clears throat> where we learn one of my favorite things: uh, Gung Ho doesn't pay his bills. <laughs> He's a Marine. <laughs> Can we go? Can we stereotype Marines for just a second? I'm not going to do that, but like, <laughs> can we go back? Can we go back real quick for the, um, yeah. his, um, curse and basically, um, he's going to be his, his family meets up once a year, right? On the winter yeah. solstice. Oh yeah. So they true. can do that's this, true. some sort of a ceremony, right? That's part of this whole protest. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they define the winter solstice differently the night of the year yeah it is supposed to well yeah it's the longest night of the year right but they i think they they, they keep defining it differently like longest day longest night so it's all yeah, yeah they, they it, you're right though i shouldn't skip over the 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 solstice the solstice thing because uh, that's but anyway kind of brings everything it's together Im it's important you're right yeah. so i i skipped over it but uh joe what do you think um well i was just going to comment on alpine passing out mail back to um, yes so gung-ho is a dirt bag doesn't <laughs> well sorry not a dirt bag a deadbeat yeah. doesn't pay his bills but more importantly roadblock is getting mail sprayed with chanel number five on 
because yeah. admirers. I, I I definitely could see Roadblock like yep he's that guy that kind of man for sure. Look, dude, Roadblock is big, muscular. He can cook and rhyme. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He's he's basically like uh, having to fight off admirers with a stick. Like yeah. he's, I mean, uh, I get it. It's yeah, I did. I can't. I can't he's, personally relate. I can't personally no. relate, but I get it. But you, it's believable, right? He's 100%. that guy. He's there's oh. nobody else on the GI Joe he's team bald. that is that guy. Like ladies love the bald head. Like he can mm-hmm. cook, oh, yeah. cook, and he he speaks in rhyme, which is basically he's a poet, right? If he he's speaks in rhyme, talker. he's a poet. Yeah, right. So oh, yeah. What so a, what basically, a, we have Roadblock is the Joe's ladies' man, and Destro is Cobra's. Uh, man. Yeah, uh, basically. <laughs> um, okay, so Gung Ho doesn't pay his bills. Um, we find out Lady J's real name, Allison who, Hart Burnett. Yeah, who Al, uh, Alpine doesn't know. Right, he has no clue what her what her name is. But yeah. we do know that Alpine has a thing for well, her. To, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, having served in the National Guard for three and a half years, I didn't know a lot of my friends' first names. You knew their last name, though. Well, yeah, and to be fair, it's also written on your chest. But right. yeah, a lot of well, maybe you know this I mean? is just. Maybe this is just to get you to buy into the code name thing more. They don't want you to know their yeah, real name. Put it on the file card. Well, what is that? Was on the file card. Plausible deniability, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. One, of, one so, of my favorite phrases, by the way. Correct. Yes. Well, plausible deniability comes to play in everyone's life at some point. More, more often than you think in some ways. <laughs> um, I, so I anyway, do it all the time. <laughs> Lady J finds out from this letter that she just received arbitrarily in the mail um, just prior to her vacation or leave that she is the last living heir to Dame Agatha Doyle who lives in North Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's a name. The combination of the name is significant too. Is it? Oh, really? Indulge us. It's a, a combination of mystery authors, Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So Okay. Are they I think Scottish? Conan Doyle is the one that no, he writes Sherlock Holmes. I think is Conan Doyle, and Agatha Christie mm. is just Miss Mystery yeah. Writer. Yeah, she's like Murder on the Orient Express. Yep, yeah, something right. Uh, Could be. Let's see, you. Arthur. Is it? Arthur yeah, he wrote. Conan? He wrote Sherlock Holmes. There you go. All right. So that's they're they're giving a nod to those two writers with because this is kind of a mystery episode, I guess. If you're gonna force feed that narrative, well, <laughs> the the creature in the pit is from um, it's Cthulhu essentially. I have a different name for the creature. Yeah, I call one-eyed. him Cycloptopus. One eye, really? <laughs> uh, what did I write? Up? I just what did I say something about? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> he has one eye and he's an octopus, Jason. He's right, Cycloptopus. Right. I, well, I put I octopus like I don't even okay. I wasn't even like creative in any way, shape or form. I was like, what the hell is this? thing? I'm, I'm standing on this hill. All G.I. Joe's that wear jerseys were 14 and this thing is called Cycloptopus. But when we get to the people that are seancing that thing, I have something to interject there. But all right, we'll, cool. when we get there. All right. So um, Lady J asks Flint if she want if he wants to go with her to mm-hmm. on her vacation to claim the manor house that was owned by Dame Agatha Doyle. Um, he says no, because he's busy. I don't know. I mean, I mean look, <laughs> let's break it down. If Lady J says, hey, you want to go away with me? I'd be like, 
Uh, yeah. I'm surprised Alpine to keep didn't up the jump appearance. in. Oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> Bazooka sitting there. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you're kind of surprised. I mean, they've spent multiple episodes demonstrating how Alpine and Bazooka like to hit on Lady J. There was an yeah. opening. Right there. It was there. It was there for the taking. Yeah, dude. But yet, no. He, yeah. <clears throat> he, so, Had a so, chance. Uh, we know Alpine blew it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Flint says no. Uh, Lady J decides to go anyway. She has to meet a lawyer, basically, I think. I forgot what they actually call it. So him. it's a solicitor. And I have yeah, the definition. Jet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which So a solicitor <clears throat> takes instructions from clients, including individuals, groups, public sector organizations or private companies and advises them on necessary courses of legal action so he's not actually a lawyer he basically just says hey this is what you can do legally but i I can give you legal advice but i can't represent you in court essentially okay so he's not a prostitute (laughs) not a prostitute which is what i thought it was i was like oh he's soliciting stuff prostitute so she shows up at this awesome Creepy looking Scottish castle, of course, in northern northern Scotland. Lock I don't know, it was Lock Loman. something. Yeah. Lock Loman. 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 Which is a generic Scottish. Is that also the one referenced in Spaceballs, by the God, way? God, I hope so. Yes. When the guy's uh, is. locking on, is it Lock mm-hmm. Loman? Yeah. Uh, lock uh, one, lock two, lock three, lock Loman. Something like all that. I know is that when I went fishing as a graduation present from middle school, I mm-hmm. fished at Lock Lomond in the Santa Cruz Mountains. So in the Santa Cruz Mountains, so not Northern mm-hmm. Scotland. Correct. Okay. All right. So, so can we go back to the solicitor real quick? Yeah. The internet says that his name is um, means something too, which also could help. Uh, what do they? What do you call it? Uh, pre pre uh, figure out the end. Okay. His name is Clayton Oliver Nichols. Foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing. Thank you. I don't know what he was. Clayton Oliver, Oliver Nichols. Nichols. Okay. Stands for con. And how? <laughs> wow. Stands for what? Con. <laughs> Clayton Oliver so Nichols. CEO. So he's a con, con he's job. A con artist. Con, yep, con, con. solicitor. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Wow. I don't know. The internet comes up with a lot of crazy crap. I like that. That's a good theory, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, we've got mystery writers. We've got con men mm-hmm. um, who's, who are not prostitutes. Uh, but anyway. Not prostitutes. So, Okay. Here's one of my my favorite parts coming up. This is one of the parts of the episode that always made me chuckle, still makes me chuckle to this day. So Lady J is entering the manor house, um, and it's spooky, and it's old, and it's dusty, and there are portraits of relatives above the fireplace, one of which who looks very much like Lady J, and the other one is basically Destro with a wig. Correct, which, if you guys (laughs) noticed, his eyes follow her as she walks across the room. And she doesn't recognize him. Correct. Like, because she's bro. she's seen enough silver-faced people in her experience that it could be exactly. anyone. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. Any one of Completely. them. I mean, it is Destro in drag. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt uh, about it. <laughs> to be fair, he's wearing a period like 1700s or earlier. This is the all style true. of the day. This is all true, but it's not like he has the, lipstick on. Come on, bro. The picture of it is. He's not wearing a moo Kevin. He's wearing he's Destro in women's clothing. No, he's wearing yes. a a puffy shirt, uh, akin to the time age of Shakespeare. Shakespeare. He's basically Shakespeare, 
He is but basically Shakespeare with a metal face. We're gonna, uh, correct. We're going to agree look, to disagree. I'm staring at the picture right now. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm, we're going to agree to disagree. It's a woman. Right. He's wearing number 14, damn it. <laughs> I don't care what the picture says. It's number 14. It's fourteen. Don't don't ruin my my feelings with your facts. Let me let me, let me tell you where you can shove your proof, Joe. Okay, exactly. Well, I'm gonna shove it into your uh, text don't message. Confuse, so don't confuse me with the facts. I said right, what I said. Fine. I'm gonna die on this hill too. Okay, okay. I've, you, I have a hill with three buddy, things on it right now. I'm dying on it, buddy. You don't have enough lives to go around for all the things you want to die on. Most video games allow three lives. I'm claiming that. That's the all end. Right, well, you're out. I can't die on any more hills. You have expired, exceeded your maximum life. Yeah. I still say that's a woman, dude. How can I say like why are the skeletons alive in the basement? Like they're attacking her. They're full on moving. Yes, like that's full on like well, army of darkness action. Yeah. On. Well, we, oh. the northern chamber is cursed, Jason. So we've overlooked one important fact before we get to living skeletons, which. I 100% agree with you. Um, what is Lady J wearing when she finds these? Uh, she is wearing lingerie, dude. Yeah, full on nightgown. Yeah, she is. And she's wearing like 80s lingerie, but yeah, this goes back to the previous G.I. Joe episode. Joe, what is Lady J? A total rocket. Yeah. <laughs> like they, 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 they leveraged Lady J all sorts of times within these episodes. I have no problem with this. Yeah. I mean, Hello. and I, I, I can honestly oh. say I don't think I took notice of it when I was the original age. Of course not. Now, no, now you go back and look and you're like, man, they were they were kind of putting Lady J out there. Yeah. She was owning it too, man. By the yeah. way, did you notice that she brought her accompanying pink golf club bag with mm -hmm. her? But to yes. be fair, she is in Scotland, arguably the yeah. birthplace of golf. So Golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's how she disguises her her spears we find out but it's, it's pretty clever they're pink we've you know kind kind of goes with the fact that she's you know not she's on vacation right so <clears throat> it, it it works every gi joe is doesn't really go on vacation right well half of them go on vacation in their uniforms so correct exactly <laughs> except for flint he goes on with jeans and a polo shirt and a beret correct. um well, is is this now i have a question for you guys now so Destro makes this pilgrimage every year to this house, to the basement, to sacrifice to the Cyclopopus. <laughs> I got you. I'm good with you. <laughs> the top part of the castle, never explored, doesn't know about that, doesn't care. So then my question, we find all of these uh, computer electronics. The the ghost is an image, right? Because Barbecue finds mm -hmm. it. Um, was that all put there by Baroness? Are all the people... In at the top part, the caretaker. The caretaker is obviously a Cobra Trooper. Is she yeah. the Strata Viper that was a little bit overweight in one of the oh, episodes? No. <laughs> is, she, <laughs> is, she, is she a Cobra Trooper? Is Dude, she I'm a, a little put off. I'm a little put off by the by the caretaker lady. Did Baroness just <laughs> hire her? Is it Baroness in a different costume? Maybe. I think it, she's related to Destro because she's definitely Scottish. And she's definitely got moves. Okay. I think she's a Destro relative or okay. distant oh. relative or a family like who has worked for the Destros. That's what we're just going to call them. Okay, so the Destros. So, Destros. so the Destros have hired her as a caretaker for the castle, top part of it. Now, did he install the, the crazy ghosts too? Okay, wait. 
There is no question by any of these people what Lady J is doing there. Well, she has like letters. Well, she has the letter. I get that. But like this lady is this lady that's the caretaker is really pissed off the whole time and and trying to scare her away. Doesn't acknowledge at any point that, quote unquote, Lady J now inherited and owns the manor house. She's an outsider. They're in on on the con. Right. They're They're all in on it. But if you're conning somebody, aren't you trying to make them believe that that like things are going their way? Like they're not really conning her. They're like they get her to show up and then they basically just ostracize her. Well, she just basically said, "Don't go on the North Wing or whatever it is. It's haunted. You can go anywhere else. It it's your house. Who cares?" Yeah, she but said that's because attitude. She's a Scottish. Yeah, she's got attitude. Hey, hey, she... take it easy about my people. <laughs> <laughs> she's been alone in that house forever. I'm pretty okay, sure. Fair enough. I'm sure so she... she definitely goes to the local pub, though. Yeah. Oh. Well, she. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, we've got the disgruntled um, employee of the Destro family, uh, of of you know Papa and Mama Destro, um, and Lady J, of course, is told not to go into the Northern Chamber because it's cursed. So what does mm-hmm. Lady J goes, do? Goes in anyways. <laughs> directly, uh, yeah. directly to it. With a candelabra, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. That's her lighting source. So yep. um, it's an old castle, but there's never been any upgrading of any kind for except for the except for the um, trapdoors with massive snakes and mm-hmm. live skeletons. Live skeletons, yeah. And the That's giant the, computer that correct. controls the ghost. It's the only upgrades. But no probably no electricity, no plumbing. Nope. Okay. She's pooping in the so, corner. No, no, no. Ancient castles had toilets. That's a long a long shaft into it. No, no. I've been to I've been to the Tower of London. It's just a long shaft that goes down a stone and then deposits itself onto the ground next to So it's a porta potty. Right into the cycloptopus's lair. Not so portal. That's how they feed the cycloptopus. That's how it's that's why it's so angry. Yeah. It's marinating in Lady J sees a ghost in the north chamber, and the creepy, angry, disgruntled housekeeper lady laughs at her. Mm -hmm. Told you not to go in there. I told you. Told you, dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, warn you. I warned you. Didn't warn you. (laughs) Hey, stupid. I told you not to do that. Yeah. Um, So this is when Lady J grabs her disguised spear um, Mm -hmm. to go back, right? Because she's like, now she's like, wait a minute. I'm I'm part of GI Joe here. Like I can, I I ain't afraid of no ghost. Mm-hmm. And she takes off to go check it out. Um, <clears throat> she heads down to the lower levels now, and that's where the Army of Darkness is hanging out. Yes, she stumbles across the Army of Darkness, but then enters the chamber with Cycloptopus. And who does she stumble across? Apparently, an impromptu battle beast meeting. Yes, <laughs> yes. Every For one of sure. them were. I was I was a little concerned to myself because I was like, well, Destro has a metal face, and his ancestor that got put into the case had a metal face. Mm-hmm. Why are all these people wearing Battle Beast helmets? That's one hundred percent what they're dressed like. Battle Beast made by Hasbro. Kenner. Yeah. Okay, so that's not that's not the Hasbro thing then. So, yeah, I, this was always the question, right? I, I get it. They they kind of look creepy, right? You've got like the deer head guy. And all these different different animals, and so it does look like a creepy cult thing. Were but they trying to be pagan? Like, was that all the things? 
Yeah, I think that's kind of what it is. Like, maybe it's just the writer trying to 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 um, squeeze in things that would make sense to people. I don't know. Okay. Well, how does that make sense? How does that make sense to anyone? Right. Well, it, or is it just to differentiate? So if you didn't have, a, if you just had a bunch of people down there wearing metal masks that all looked the same, it's not. Well, as they could exciting. have made it. What difference I mean, does it make? None. Zero. Zero. And then the, my other question is: There's a monk performing the services. He don't have a mask. He's right. just running around with a beard. Is that uh, another person hired by Destro? <laughs> the Destro family, <laughs> Clan whole, Destro. The whole thing is confusing. <laughs> is that similar to Clandestine? Yes. Yes. Is the guy in the beard a covert officer? Mm, so That's here's a, what we got. Let's we've got Bob Gallagher. A, <laughs> yeah. So we have a, a deer. There's a deer. There's, There's a, a deer, lion, a warthog, a some kind of lizard, a horse, yep. some kind of I want to call it a pigeon or a hawk. I think yeah. a hawk is definitely more intimidating than a pigeon. There's but some kind of cat, right? Yeah, some kind of mountain lion, some mm -hmm. gator. It looks like we have doubled up on warthogs, by the way. Um, that might be the just a standard green shirt. They're just like just a bunch of warthogs running yeah. around. Yeah, could be, could be. So, so they, of course, <laughs> she stumbles on all these people who we find out are renewing their pact with the Cauldron of Chaos. Oh, that was what it was called. I didn't even know that. The Cauldron of Chaos, which I That's believe awesome. is where Cycloptopus lives, is in the mm -hmm. Cauldron of Chaos. Yep. So Cycloptopus uh, lives in the Cauldron of Chaos, directly under the toilets in the castle. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lock Loman. Lock Loman. Um, yeah. Forgive me, but we've overlooked the fact that um, there's been a stranger in town who looks like he yes. works at the docks. Um, mm -hmm. Asking for solicitors. Yep. <laughs> or the manor house. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's looking to be solicited. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, because they say, oh, there's no solicitor here because we take care of our own business. And that goes. And that kind of was like, oh, that ties in with the, there's oh, no man. one there for legal advice. Right. All that and the fact that the guy doesn't exist at all because Baroness made him up. Made him up, right. yeah. Do you think Baroness was uh, Constable Nichols? Maybe. Or Zartan. Oh, Zartan is not in, is in He's this not episode. In the, maybe, maybe he is. Mm -hmm. But so, um, I, Joe, I actually mentioned this to Jason in a previous conversation. As a youngster, um, when I first saw this episode the first couple of times even, I was of the belief that this uh, this mystery gentleman was was just, um, he was a different guy. Like, he was a separate character. Oh, it wasn't Flint? Right, and that he just happened to, they just used the same guy, the voice actor. That's, that's kind of what I thought, like, originally, was that they just used this voice actor... Um, and then went like mind blown when it ends up being Flint at the end. I'm like, oh my god, it's Flint. I mean, it is true because when the voice actors back in the day were hired, they were hired to do you know four or five different voices. They weren't hired to just do one, right? So they could they could get more money for well, they were paid per voice. As we've mentioned before, sh Shipwreck's voice gets reused a lot, <clears throat> and then of course a lot of these Hasbro cartoons use the same voices in GI Joe, Transformers, right? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, the the uh, the unnamed Scottish gentleman is what I have him listed as. Uh, shows up, uh, you know, after asking about the manor house and everything, he he shows up uh, at the manor house, and um, he, he, he takes on the caretaker. He takes on the caretaker. Yeah, he, he performs performs a B and E, and then takes mm -hmm. on. 
and and this is where we learn that the the caretaker is is probably a you know a cobra trooper or something. She's she's pretty athletic. She's basically a ninja, the yeah. overweight Stradiviper. Mm-hmm. Yep, the overweight Stradiviper. Um, but then of course he defeats her and ends up uh, getting downstairs where the cult is trying to sacrifice Lady J to the Cycloptopus. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very 80s stereotypical way of sacrificing creatures like like dragnet when they're gonna drop the girl mm-hmm. into the um, pretty much the same thing dragnet exactly copied this thing. movie right because they're they, yeah yes episode sorry i mean i mean she's strung up and everything um and then of course one of these one of these cult members that we haven't seen yet he, <laughs> he stops the sacrifice which by the way what a horrible attempt at trying to disguise who you are like right. he disguises his voice he has a hood on it's like justin timberlake wearing a baseball hat and sunglasses if you see him in public right you're like oh yeah. that can't be justin timberlake he's got, he's got sunglasses, sunglasses on, on. <laughs> yeah like g- give me a break so he he stops it and he is um we get some witty banter from from lady J uh towards destro uh who's really irritated that that a Joe agent is there. Not that anyone has broken into their renewing pact with the Cauldron of Chaos Cycloptopus, that it's specifically a Joe agent. And she's taken a little aback by the fact that he knows that she's a Joe agent, which then leads to the actual unveiling that it's, it's Destro. Hey, you're that guy in the picture I saw earlier. <laughs> I've seen you. Oh. <laughs> Oh, a little, your hair shorter now, and you're not yeah. wearing puffy sleeves. But it's like, <laughs> if you guys ever watch the episode, there's an episode, uh, episode of The Office. There's the guy Creed goes, "I know you. I saw you in the parking lot earlier." Nice. It's basically, what happens there? Yeah. See um, you in the car, Millhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, of course, now the Scottish gentleman helps Lady J escape. Uh, there is, you know, shooting of. The chains and everything that she's on so that she can get out and then he's struggling with the lever or whatever that, that lifts her in and out um it, my question here kind of is what are the rest of the cultists people kind of doing at this point gasping right? in like, shock yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's really kind of <gasps> this, this this unnamed scottish guy and lady j versus destro gathering weapons they don't, they don't do a whole lot sharpening their pitchforks they go with some battle axes. They do, yeah. So, but I okay, don't. I don't. They, I mean, they could have taken them. Oh, for, yeah. It, it's like well, she, ten to two. <laughs> doesn't she kick a couple of them as she flies she off of the, the as she's right. swinging on the thing before Flint shoots Fine. her off the rope? Then it's eight to two. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. It's GI Joe. This is what happens. Lady J is more skilled than these people. Well, these are, to be fair. Flint does punk the two guys working the chain to lower her into yeah. the Cycloptopus pit. That's and good point. so he's downed at least two of them. Yeah. And okay. she gets raised up and starts ninja kicking people. She's still in her lingerie, by the way. Yeah. Hasn't left. <laughs> Which is good uh, the whole time. continuity. Correct. Which is it good is. continuity because you could have like, all you... of a sudden had her in a uniform. Did, yeah, did you guys surprised. Did you guys notice the fact that Destro full on like Sergeant Slaughter's Flint, like he picks him up over mm-hmm. his head and hucks him across there. Yeah. The He's got place. superpowers. Yeah. Only, yeah. maybe only in the Cauldron of Chaos. 
Yeah, next to the Cycloptopus. Gives him his crazy powers. So I got some... So now that we found out that it's Flint, and he's just like, we got to get out of here, he calls in, you know, the G.I. Joe force, which Uh he brought on the flag. He brought everybody on a hunch... He did. That it was a, 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 a hinky. He, he he caught on to the con uh, solicitor name. He's like, hey, that guy sounds like he's a con. But then the other one is that Destro has all of the Cobra people, too. Fireflies out front yeah. with some uh, anti-aircraft guns and some trouble bubbles. He's like, does he show up every time, every year with those guys as well? well it's and where Destro's were they when? But yeah, but where were they when Lady J walked up? Yeah, they were hiding. They were hiding. They were. Yeah. This isn't uh, rocket science, Jason. Come on. Sorry, they were hiding behind a bush. They're like, okay, everybody, right. quick, quick, hide. It's like yeah. a surprise party. This well, one. exactly. Is is uh is Firefly part of the clan? He's masked. He's a mercenary. He's a mercenary. Uh, yeah. He's so they replaced... working for whoever's paying him. Yeah. Unlike they replaced Zartan with Firefly this episode. Is he? You a, can only have he one venal mercenary. mercenary. He's he's technically considered a saboteur. I think he works for Cobra. Everyone works for Cobra because apparently, according to one of the episode uh, general episode I was watching yesterday, they have a medical plan. So a lot of people work. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, for people. for the benefits. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So they get their Cobra shekels and their medical plan that they can spend to... in in the <laughs> in the Cobra store, in the Cobra um, Cafe, the Cobra store, Cobra right. Saloon. I I want to point out that when Flint reveals himself to Lady J, he's not just wearing a fake beard. It's a full mask. A full mask, because you know you can't just whip a beard on someone. You have to change. He had a full mask. He bought it. He bought it from Zartan. He just didn't tell anybody. I think that was their trope, though, because everybody that they, everybody that has a disguise, it's a full pulls off the whole entire mask. Like yeah, you're right. Baroness does that too. I mean, literally, she was just wearing a wig and glasses, but she pulls off a full entire face mask. Zartan every time pulls off a full entire face mask, even though he's got multiple prosthetics on. For some of these creatures, some somebody of these characters was really, plays. somebody was really good at animating the removal of a mask, and so they just rolled yeah. with it. They that watched was like his Impossible one thing he did. Was yeah, like his yeah, only that's... job was. Hey, we need another uh, mask removal over here. Mask right. animator. He's like, <laughs> he's like, removal. he's like prepping his fingers. <laughs> oh, I got this guy. Yeah, that's check me. it out. Millhouse is time to shine. It's exactly. go time. He has like walk-in music, like a uh, major league baseball closer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh boy. Heat so, seeking yeah. rockets was another thing. Yes. Heat seeking rockets time. was another thing in the you know, heat seeking anything in the eighties yeah. was a big thing. And I like how he yeah. does set it to ninety eight five degrees. He's like do 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 dial it up. Yeah. So he's like well, he knows yes. their exact body temperature. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Nope, not ninety eight seven. I'm gonna five. get him. I'm gonna get him. <laughs> and so, uh, uh... Oh, is that hotter just... or colder than his people? That's what I. That's the other thing that I want to know. Well, is it ninety eight point six the official temperature of the human body? Right. Yeah, but I mean, like his other his other group of people, they all ran in front of him too. So they're outside where would, it's hot. Wouldn't the rockets shoot at them as well? Follow no. them. No? So Lady J and them were inside, and they were colder. So that one that one tenth of a degree. Okay. That's Good. the. That's the breaking point. Um. All right, so as Flint and Lady J try to escape, the, the masked cult is following them. Mm-hmm. And if we jumped ahead, let me know, but that's kind of what I have next. Uh, of course, Jason said that Flint calls him. G.I. Joe shows up, led by Spirit. Mm-hmm. So They parachute. Oh, they glider in. Get the glider in on, on, on 
potentially the worst vehicle in the history of G.I. Joe, both toy and show, because you're completely exposed the entire yeah. time. Yep. So you guys remember of... these, do you guys remember these toys? They were made out of styrofoam. Yep. Yeah. They cracked really quickly. Yeah. They were garbage. <laughs> Snake Eyes takes out a trouble bubble, and I'm pretty sure it's almost similar to how he takes one out in the opening for G.I. Joe the movie. Mm-hmm. He jumps on top of it, flips in, kicks the guy out, and then turns around and starts shooting him, right? Yes, but the key okay. point here is that we actually witness Snake Eyes doing something. That is true, with his leg weights. Yeah, his leg weights. Ankle, I mean, ankle weights. Ankle weights, that is, yeah, That sorry. is something we had, we addressed before, that we've never actually seen Snake Eyes yeah. do a whole lot of combat. Because... So mark it down, all you Snake Eyes fans that say that he's one of the best G.I. Joes, like you know, Boba Fett is one of the best Star Wars people. They do this is the episode. This is mm-hmm. the episode right here where he yeah. does something. And you know what's funny is I, I question it all the time now, but I didn't question it before. It was all Spirit was the one always fighting Storm Shadow, even though they Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes are clan rivals from the and, same clan. You know correct. what I mean? And I think that was because and they could kick. have the banter. Yeah. Because Snake Eyes didn't talk, so they couldn't have yes, the banter right. without it. And Quick Kick. And Quick Kick. Yes. Um, yeah. So more believable than Spirit, though. To be fair, what Snake Eyes actually does is he let his his glider gets a, a hole shot through it. Mm-hmm. He like unbuckles himself and jumps onto the top of the trouble bubble and then reaches in and grabs the Cobra guy by the shirt collar and then yanks him out and then does his little flippy thing into the trouble mm-hmm. bubble. Yeah. Trouble bubble still, by the way, one of my one of my favorite nicknames for a Cobra vehicle. Mm-hmm. Nickname. Um, wait, wait. Nickname? No, that Cobra is what it's called. Just like your number, everyone wears number 14. Yeah. That's okay. Fine. Trouble bubbles. (laughs) Um, I I was actually getting ready to just quickly pull up something. I believe original Snake Eyes, um, that action figure in file card has nothing to do with being a ninja. He is covert operations. Yes. So maybe we're to assume that what Snake Eyes does is, is behind the scenes back then. Um, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to rationalize this because his life I love I love Snake Eyes. But right. Jason's 100% right. Snake Eyes does very little. He, so, he's the Boba Fett of the GI Joe universe. Right. That's all exactly. it. That's the best way to describe what's going on 100%. Yeah. Um <laughs> I have a I have a comment when we get to the uh going into the wooden door thing event in in a second here, but uh yeah. Okay, Snake wait. Eyes is I don't want to jump the gun, but well, I pulled up Snake Eyes file card, the original, and he's not covert operations. Okay. His so remember back in the day, the early ones, they would tell you what their job description was and then the code name. So it was it's he's listed as a commando. Code name Snake Eyes. File name is classified. Primary military specialty is infantry. And secondary military specialty is hand-to-hand combat instructor. So that's how I started dating Scarlet. So Snake Eyes, I'm reading off the file card here. This is interesting. So Snake Eyes is proficient in 12 different unarmed fighting systems, which we get the examples of karate, kung fu, and jujitsu, and is highly skilled in the use of edged weapons, has received extensive training in mountaineering, underwater <laughs> demolitions. <laughs> Jungle and desert and Arctic survival 
and some form of holistic medicine. Qualified expert, all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms. Quote, the man is a total mystery, but he's real good at his job. Heck, he's the best. All right. Uh, taken like from yojo.com for you listeners out there. That's a that's a direct thing from Shame, file Shameless plug. Shameless plug to yojo.com. Where would we be yes. without you? Who don't yeah, yeah. who yeah, who would have to not endorse us all that crap. Yeah. No, we don't we don't get any kickbacks from anything at this point. We just we just happen to be fans of yojo.com because it has all the information that we want to, to right. bring in into our arguments. Well, I'm sure so, Joe references and, for the number 14 guys. Uh that was just Google, sorry. Um <laughs> Google Images does a lot of solve problem solving for me. Um, That's true. I I love the like twelve different like whatever right like um, unarmed unarmed combat styles. Yeah, and see, so he's a commando, which uh, a commando is actually a British term, right? Like the commandos were the predecessor to the U.S. like special forces, right? Right. So predecessor to the to the Navy SEALs to the Rangers, like in fact. The Rangers was formed, if I'm not mistaken, maybe my World War II history is a little fuzzy, but um, the Rangers were formed in uh, succession after visiting a commando school early in at the outbreak of World War II because the Americans wanted a similar force. And so they, you know, they, had them okay. they co-opted the it. commando school or that could have been also uh, where the first special service force, which became our you know, the predecessor to our special force. Anyway, but yeah. And here here I thought Commando was John Matrix. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for him. I was just going to be telling him, you're all wrong. Commando is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Give it I'm up. Gonna, Move forward. I'm going to get you, Matrix. <laughs> it's John Matrix. Great yeah. name, by the way. John Matrix is an awesome name for the night for yep. 1980s Commando. I think um, just yesterday I referenced something about a chainmail muscle yeah. shirt. Yes, mm -hmm. and being overweight, mm -hmm. like his villain, mm -hmm. yeah, or Matrix's um, nemesis, yeah. I guess. Yeah, the guy that. Yeah. Anyway, his daughter. Anyway, uh, maybe maybe another special bonus episode. Stepping away from, car from cartoons, and we'll we'll analyze Commando. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of '80s action movies I would love <laughs> to get a hold of. <laughs> Commando, by uh, the way, I will say, there just isn't enough surface, time in the world. No. Commando. My favorite Schwarzenegger movie, my go-to. I'm not going to say favorite, I guess. My go-to Schwarzenegger movie is Commando. Mm. So good. good. I it's actually easy to watch. I actually have that episode, that Blu-ray episode you gave me last time. I I haven't even cracked it open yet. I need to dust this bad go. boy off and watch it. Yep. So all right, I have another question. Um, so GI Joe does everything they need to do. They get into the castle, and I think Firefly yells out like storm the house uh, or storm the castle or something. And I was like, weren't you just outside guarding it? Like all of a sudden you're no longer in front of the castle. You're in the woods and now you have to turn around and come and assault the castle. Yeah. That was a little weird continuity. Well, wise. And then they proceed to burn it down. But before we get there, yeah, yeah, can, flame flowers. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about um, which is a poor choice when you're guarding it, you know, your boss's house ancestral home you decide to use mm. flamethrowers to guard it um a stone by the way right uh well <laughs> how's the how's the stone stone held up kevin it's with wood um right. so can we talk about how lady j and flint run for it 
and they see a doorway at the end of a hall and they bomb into a room and it's a big ass spider. I literally yep. wrote big ass with giant ass spider. Yep. Yeah. Um, so here's what I wanted to make a comment on. So they're getting chased by the battle beasts, right? Which mm-hmm. they have axes and they're chopping the door down. <laughs> Flint bitch slaps one of the battle beasts. <laughs> Steals, and the axe. Yeah. steals the axe and then he's yeah. like i'm gonna get you giant ass spider and then yep. the giant ass spider bitch slaps him back <laughs> i know dude oh man turn so turnabout is fair play he didn't he didn't uh, even have that axe out like good enough to be able to like do anything who, to that spider yeah it's like it's literally like when you're when you're like roughhousing with your kids and they go mm-hmm. to like they go to like hit you with something and you're just like flick yeah flick. yeah i mean <laughs> So we've already encountered the giant snake in the army of darkness down below. And then we have this giant spider, which I it maybe is a reference to like Lord of the Rings or there's a giant spider in Lord of the Rings. It's in that. Lob. Oh, that's Lord of the Rings. I thought that was um, Harry Potter. No, she is in Lord of the Rings. It's probably actually, I think it's actually in the Hobbit. Um, hmm. But anyway, it too. Uh, the, it the, spider. the spider. So just to kind of tag on. So like you said, turnabout is fair play. The spider's like, are you getting dizzy, my friend? Because the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. He's like, you just, <laughs> and and now, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Both Lady J and Flint are caught in spider webs. Yeah, because well, Lady, Lady J gets J slapped into the. She's like, I'm going to go help you, Flint, and then she gets yeah. hit too. So she goes correct. backwards. She can't see anything. Well, the he's battle beast. Off, he's facing. The battle beasts run for it because they're like, yeah. oh, big ass spider, giant spider, giant. Did they not spider. know that was? Did they not know that was there? Evidently, I mean, that's, that's another part of the castle they haven't been to as well. Right. And then I want to go back a little bit here to where we have the aerial combat outside. Um, classic line by Barbecue here when his vehicle gets hit and he just goes, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. That's, that's well, all you get out of him. What's great is that Firefly yells, Die, Fireman. <laughs> if we yeah. want to pause for just a second, I think we can hear the uh oh. Yeah, do sound it. sound bite here. So here we go. Die, Fireman! Oh. <laughs> so also for the fans of barbecue Uh-oh. Uh, sitting at home, this is also the episode that barbecue actually does something. Because they're attacking people with flamethrowers. So he's putting them out with this little... Yeah, they're putting them out with his little uh, fire extinguisher. Also, I have my notes. Barbecue Ninja Turtle? Question mark. Because there's a scene where I think it's an axe or something that goes across. And he sticks his head into his uniform like a Ninja Turtle would. Like that that episode where... uh, Or in, uh, in the movie where they're getting attacked by the foot soldiers in uh, April's apartment. And then they have the little high down and the axe goes across. But I can't remember. That's probably like right after that part of the episode there. No, anybody else? No one else saw it? Uh, was it in this episode? Yeah. So he's fighting some sort of a, a creature or I think it was a, a knight or something. When he gets into the hot, the when he gets into the castle and barbecue gets attacked by something and yeah. uh, he ducks his head in. I was just wondering if that I'm was. Have to go back. I didn't reca- I didn't I'm recapping that. that right now. Steve. But but we do have here while you're looking that up, Joe. Um, barbecue is the one that unveils that the ghost that Lady J saw is a hologram. Right. Mm-hmm. 
It's not. And then he tur turns it on. And and he turns it against Cobra, basically. He uses it mm -hmm. against them. Right. Even though holograms can't really attack anybody. Right. No. But it's the uh, They should know that it's there. Right. They, and we're in on a con. While they're in the manor house, by the way, Spirit, of course, senses that the place is evil. Because, you know. Oh, you're absolutely right, by the way. He does. He gets shot at and somehow his helmet, his head goes into his into his suit like a weirdo so yeah yeah okay i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch that because i i completely missed that um so what we have here now is that the 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 episode is kind of coming to its wrap up here um of course of, well, of course gi joe gets flint and lady j out of the spider webs and mm -hmm. firefly single-handedly burns down destro's thousand year old banner house well so I want to point out, going back to what Jason said about they were they were guarding it, and now they have to turn around and get back into it. Mm -hmm. They give zero f's about maintaining this for like none. Uh, the G the Joes fly their gliders into windows, which good mm -hmm. God, that's a huge window. But then they like rockets too. Apparently, Firefly can't find that open window, nope. so he just flies a trouble bubble right through a, like an ancient stained Whoa. glass yeah window and just smashes yeah. it like. Yeah. Firefly he does rolls, not dude. care. Yeah, that's how he rolls. He's smash first, ask questions later. He's a saboteur, man. He's there to destroy stuff. Clearly. So, um, it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's like time traveling, <laughs> and like he's like worried about rupturing the time continuum, and he goes back into like dinosaur times and just starts yes. killing everything with a stick. That's literally, that's literally yeah. Firefly's jam. So after they're watching the, the thousand-year-old manor crumble, we it, it becomes the wrap, the really the wrap up, right? We're getting we're getting the the conclusion to all the the storylines that are intersecting here. Uh, first and foremost is Coverta Fatale is the Baroness. Dun dun dun. And um, Destro is is just barely put off by this, but drops actually an awesome line. He tells he tells the Baroness that your brilliance is matched only by your taste for vengeance. So that's a compliment, obviously, to the Baroness. Um, right. And then he thinks, you know, you know, all this was a was a hoax and blah blah blah. To which she also unveils that Destro is in fact related to Lady J. And that's she looked the it last, up. That's the last we hear of it, if I remember. Nope. There's no? another episode. There's a sequel to this called. Uh, Sins of the Father. Oh. Yeah, Sins of Our Fathers is a sequel to this episode. Hmm. And then we and then we exit out on a final scene of the Cycloptopus, who is clearly still agitated for some reason. And gung ho drinking a beer in the morning. Yes, correct. Well at the pub. He doesn't he doesn't pay his bills. To be fair, they're well, in Scotland, dude. You can drink beer in the morning in Scotland. And also, wouldn't you figure someone who's a kind of a deadbeat and doesn't pay his bills is definitely say, like a day drinker? So, I have another. This is going to be a side uh, side tangent uh, with Gung Ho being a deadbeat, him not paying his bills or whatever that is. There's an episode where remember Dial Tone gets fired um, because yeah. they want him to get um, hired by Cobra, and you look at Dial Tone's apartment, and it's this run down like dirty dishes piling up like um you know, laundry everywhere it's just like you know worse typical bachelor pad cockroaches the whole thing and i'm just like what is going on like do gi joe's get paid at all or he gets paid just... like Destro or like zartan hmm. 
Double or nothing. Got it. Or they, or maybe the Joes oh. only they get paid in the GI Joe American Express, right? Where oh, they're no. only allowed to buy it at the Joe. They get flag points. Oh, they get flag points. There you go. <laughs> so they can cash them in for. They're only good at GI Joe headquarters. So like, yeah, that's why his house is yeah. total pig sty. They get an expense account on their GI Joe Express card and flag points. That's it. I like it. Maybe combat pay. I don't know. Uh, no flag anyway. points are combat pay. Okay, there you go. But they're 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 like you can only same thing. You can only shop at the GI Joe store. Hundred percent. Where they sell only number fourteen jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that basically wraps up uh, skeletons in the closet. Um, I still like this episode as much as I did as a kid. I I enjoy this episode. It's it's all kinds of crazy, but you know it's. I I just always well, loved the fact that Lady J and Destro were were related. It was a good little twist in the G.I. Joe story. And you have, uh, this is the episode where people that don't normally do stuff, do stuff. Snake Eyes, Barbecue, Firefly. Firefly. Yep. And I, I will tag on to this. Firefly is similar. Firefly is my hands-down favorite Cobra figure of all time. Favorite Cobra character. Mm-hmm. Firefly, I love him. But you're right. Just like Snake Eyes, he does very little. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Um, I think that wraps up uh, this episode. Uh, um, unless you guys have something else to add, nope. I think I think we've got. Uh, this is again uh, our favorite things, part three, the final part. Uh, we are going to call this, uh, like I said, season one, episode fifty-three. I believe we're still in nineteen eighty-five at this point. Uh, yeah, GI Joe skeletons. In December, the closet. December of eleven eighty-five. Uh, the the name of the building. I finally found it. It was called the World Brotherhood Plaza <laughs> that they were having the peace rally in front of. Of course. Yep. Um, so talk of the next episode. I, I believe we were planning on jumping into Transformers a little bit. Were we not um, going to watch um, the Serpentors. actual My Favorite Things Well, episode? we can do that. Too. We, yeah, we should, so we should do, I guess we should do the actual My Favorite Things episode. And then we'll throw in uh, the Transformers and then uh, uh, to appease the the. the the five Twitter poll people will we'll, we'll get a mask episode back in here. Um, but that's it for this episode of the Saturday uh, morning. Scott Buffoons. tracker, you son of a, <laughs> <laughs> no more Thundercats. Uh, anyway, thank you guys, God. thank you very much for, of course, uh, for your contributions to this episode. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners. And I hope you continue to enjoy the Saturday morning buffoons. <laughs>